0: cranking up the dial on inclusion. Hey everybody, today I'm going to talk to you about something I feel is really important for us to discuss. How do we go further with inclusion? I want to start with a little poll. How many of you wear glasses? Or maybe like me, you need them and you're in denial. Just slowly moving closer to the front of that boardroom. Let me do a quick count here. Oh boy, there's a lot of you out there. Have you ever noticed how normal it is for us to talk about challenges with eyesight or degrading eyesight to be able to walk into a meeting room and say, hey, listen, do you mind if I sit a little closer to the screen so I can see a bit better or I forgot my glasses, um, borrowing a set of cheaters? How quickly we self-identify that we've got a challenge with our eyesight. Have you considered that the loss of sight to any degree is a form of disability? So here's the challenge for us. How do we create an environment where people feel as comfortable with other challenges, both visible or not visible, as we do with talking about eyesight? Even those challenges that their loved ones are dealing with or they're providing care to others about, how do we create that environment where we're as willing to talk about and help with those as we have become normalized to talking about eyesight challenges and the need for glasses? So we're starting to push harder on this journey. I want to encourage all of you to look into an employee network you may not have heard about. It's called ACE. There's a link in the email to a video that explains it. Put me on pause and go watch the video. Okay, you're back. I assume now that you've signed up. You're on the network because it's really one that applies to most of us. Now I want to help you understand a little bit more about the background behind the network and how I got involved. So years ago, prior to CH and Jacobs coming together, I got asked if I would be the sponsor for the ACE network in Legacy CH. I actually had to take a minute. I responded to our chief HR officer asking her to give me a second to think about it because I had spent so much time trying to create an environment where people didn't realize or recognize the wheelchair, that they saw me for the work that I did, my contribution, etc. And, and I honestly wanted to think about, do I want to put the wheelchair out in the forefront? Now, I decided ultimately that, yes, I was willing to do that for a whole bunch of reasons. I don't want to talk about that motivation today. But think about that. Think about the conversations we've had, both in these podcasts and live, and put together the pieces that at some point... I had to consider whether I was willing to sponsor this network because I was concerned about the wheelchair being something that visible. All right, so let's go now and talk about why this is so important to me. I'll bet you think you know the answer, but I want you to hear me out. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. April of 2005, it's a beautiful spring day in the Canadian Rockies. I'm out mountain biking with three of my closest friends. Uh, Downhill mountain biking, that is. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's when you ride a mountain bike essentially down a ski hill or something like that, usually at speed. So uh, I'll abbreviate the story because I know you all don't have enough time to hear this thing front to end, and it can take a long time to tell all the nitty-gritty details. Long story short, I come off of about a six-foot drop-off. I have a mechanical failure on my bike, I get sent into the trees at about 75 kilometers an hour, and I meet a tree that is bigger than me, and I lose that fight. So I end up bent backwards around the tree, the pressure builds up, bursting a vertebrae in my lower back. A bone chip nicks my spinal cord. Fast forward a little bit, I'm in the hospital being told that I may never walk again. So you might think this is the point where you've already pinpointed why I have so much passion around this and interest in inclusion on this front, but you'd be wrong. So let me tell you about what happens around me now. So the friends that are with me, one of them never rides his bike again. It remains to this day sitting in his garage gathering dust. Another one of them comes to the hospital to visit every day. He can't bring himself to touch the hospital bed or get close enough to where he's even within arm's reach of me. He's, he's physically unable to do it. It is a barrier that he actually never really gets across while I'm in the hospital. My closest friend, he rides with me to the hospital through... A couple of different formats ends up meeting my mom and I'll tell you her story in a minute and she sends him off to go you know have a shower get something to eat and if he wants to come back then come back so he goes to uh, the pub that my roommate owns sits down at the end of the bar and proceeds to break out in tears and cannot even speak so my roommate finds out about what's happened to me as a result of my friend being unable to verbalize why he's bawling at the end of the bar. And his story goes something like, I knew you guys were out riding, I didn't know, nobody had communicated anything, and all of a sudden, you know, the sky was falling. So Matt found out in a pretty dramatic way. My mom and dad got the phone call that all parents wish to avoid. The phone call from a hospital explaining that something has happened. My mom was on a plane a half hour after that phone rang on her way all the way across Canada to be there for me. And and she ends up living in my space and um, staying there until I'm out of the hospital, renewed my driver's license, and I actually have to kick her out and send her home so I can get back to my life. My dad is working, so he's essentially commuting across the country every weekend to be able to visit with me and be around in the hospital as I go through the rehab process. He gets to have a conversation with a doctor who is highly concerned that I'm demonstrating a lot of behaviors that they see people put out there um, that ultimately end up with those folks taking their own lives after they leave the hospital. Now, thankfully my dad was feeling fairly reassured about who I am and the fact that I I probably didn't feel a great need to be socializing and uh, engaging with others that were in the ward I was in, but uh, you, know, you can imagine how that felt for him. My brother actually had to hold down the fort uh, at my parents' house looking after their pets and making sure things were getting taken care of on that end of things. Uh, Though he probably felt the most secure in what was going to happen, because he had some friends who had had spinal cord injuries, in fact, two of them. So he had a he had a vision of what good could look like. Now looking back, the thing that's shocking to me is how big that sphere of impact was. You know, it would be really easy to look in the roof of your mirror and and think about the accident, think about the wheelchair, think about the things that I deal with every day. But the reality is the major impact was on everyone around me. And in those times in the early days when, you know, I was laying in a hospital bed uh, on painkillers or in and out of surgeries and those things, it was probably far more difficult for all of the people around me than it was for me. So none of these folks had the kind of support network that we're talking about here with the ACE Network. I think if we really focus in on creating an environment where people feel comfortable enough to talk about the things that they're dealing with themselves or their loved ones or people they care about are dealing with, and we can support each other in that and create that environment where we're willing to be there for each other and create that inclusive approach to you know our work teams um, both near and far. We're global organization. There's probably someone out there who's dealt with what you're dealing with. We can create something really special here. So I want to challenge each of you to find your own motivation. My motivation isn't the wheelchair. My motivation is that sphere of people that are around me that cared, that had to deal with this on their own, and I wish they had something like we're talking about here. So what's your motivation? Nobody's coming. This is up to us to create this environment. No one is going to do it for us. And I think we have all the right people to get it done. So take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you soon.